Geek Shock. Ready when you are. Don't hurt yourself. I don't know about ready, but, you know, we'll we'll do it anyway. He pulled a muscle doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. What else is new? (laughs) Andy pulls a muscle just thinking. Mm. Wow. (laughs) No, it's a good one. I'm going to go. That's right. Family friendly, but we're still vicious. I'll let it stand. It's good. Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 338, part two. Geek Shock live, right? That's what I like. Are we live? Yeah. Listen to that guy. Can you believe it? (laughs) It feels good. It does feel good. Thank you guys all for showing up. We are here at the Paseo Verde Minicon. Minicon. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. And my name is Maple Leaf Matt. Wow. 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 I'm moving on. I'm just going to drop the mic right (laughs) now. Nothing's changed. Matt's like, I can take a hint. Can I sit over there? (laughs) I know I'm a placeholder. I can't see you. Yes, placeholder. I see him. Now I know. Now now I know why you did that. Yeah. (laughs) We're here to talk weekend geek. Uh, but first, gentlemen, anything you do geeky in the last three days? In the last, we last three recorded. days. Uh, well, we're here. We are here. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the there's that. Awesome. That's geeky. That's about um, it for me. There's yes. people in costume running around outside. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I bought a, uh, a uh, Batman brownie. They have the coolest <laughs> food next door in the coffee room. And a Captain yes. America cookie. I've, I've got a, a Hulk soda. Which Did you uh, smash it? No, and I'm keeping away from Andy, so it don't happen. Oh, okay. And I went real geeky and got a wild berry smoothie. Wild berry. I like, berry. I like that character. Whipped cream on top. Why didn't you get the Captain America one? I didn't Maple see it. Leaf? I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> Hail Hydra. There you <laughs> go. Ah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I just picked up uh, that issue one of Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. How you feel about that? We'll see. I got to give it a oh, read. Oh, just, you just, you just, just picked it up. It up. Oh, okay. I got the uh, alternate version where you can draw on the cover. Oh, and yeah. Color your own cover. Are you going to do that or are you going to let your wife do that? Uh, I actually might let uh, my wife do that. She go. loves the adult coloring books. So is that what it is? Just, a, just the black and white print without the... It's just the front. Only the cover. Okay. The rest, the, in, the inside is the same. So it's just like a variant. Terrific. Yeah. But you... Torgo, don't you have a comic book for the whole book you color? Yes, yeah, I okay. bought one of those yes. uh, DC comic coloring books. Uh, what I love about the DC version versus the Marvel ones that they've put out, Marvel gives you just pa- splash page after splash page of basically little color-in posters uh, taken from the comics. But the DC comic versions, they're giving you the whole comic. I bought the Hush yeah. version. Batman and Hush. And it's Hush from beginning to end. They've just taken the color out. So you're basically the colorist. For that comic book, it's a whole different feel. Yeah, it looks and pretty good. Doesn't feel so childish. <laughs> no. Nothing wrong with childish, but it feels a little better. So uh-huh. you're a tracer then? I'm stop. <laughs> stay, within, <laughs> stay within the lines. Stay within the lines. Um, you know what? I've I've been uh, as I said in the last episode, I started downloading that Comicsology Unlimited. Right. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, Comicsology is a all digital comics format that you can uh, download to your iPad or you can do it on the computer, whatever you wish. But for five ninety nine, they give you a limited amount of comic run on a whole bunch of different independents. Marvel isn't represented, DC isn't represented, but they have uh, Image, uh, Boom Comics, Fantagraphics, uh, Dark Horse, uh, a lot of the big names. Uh, the big argument against it that a lot of people have is they usually only have like the first two collections 
of, say, like Lock and Key by Joe Hill. So you're not getting a full run of comics for your money, but only about 12 to 24 or so on. Right. So let's, uh, let's do a quick informal poll. How many here get their comics digitally? Hands up if you get your comics digitally. That's all four of us. I'm okay. The, all right. Just right. four. I, I just get the one. I get and so uh, I, I assume the rest of us are all still uh, hardbound, hard copy action. That's what I'm all about. I sure. still love the feel of a book in my hand when I'm reading. Now you also fear losing it. You uh, you have a that real distrust of the uh, of the electronic. Oh media. yeah, it'll it'll eventually erase and go away into the. Uh, I've net left a ether. couple on airplanes when I like put them finished. I stuck it in the slot. There's the ones. No, oh. the, uh, <laughs> the the hardbound ones. So we were talking about digital ones, so Jeff. <laughs> we were talking about losing digital ones. You lose the actual physical ones. We were talking oh, yeah. about the fact yeah. that they're going to get uh, taken back into the ether. Just 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 imagine, uh, yeah. Jeff. What it's, the it's person? Always, the potential is always there, but mm-hmm. it's well, not likely to happen. It also depends if you can. A lot of third party, you can d- download them directly to your computer. Yeah. You own them from then on out. I yeah. mean, certainly if you get in a subscription service, you don't own those. You, you're renting to read. You're borrowing yeah, from exactly. a library that you exactly. have to pay six dollars a month for. Online Although library. that's not. <clears throat> I mean, iTunes did a thing recently with their update where uh, it went through and updated all of your. Um, it went through and downloaded everything to the cloud, and then, but it didn't necessarily save the right version, so it would like save the most popular version, not the alternate version you might record. If you can find a digital rights free version that you can keep, because that's what a lot of the digital books are happening now. I mean, if you have a Kindle, yeah, you have to always go through Kindle, but if you're going through independent uh, third party, like a, get a lot of small press books, when you download those, you own those directly on your computer. No one can take those well, from no, you. Well, no, but what iTunes is doing is actually erasing your hard drive, erasing the stuff from your hard drive now. Well, iTunes has more than a few problems <laughs> since its yeah. inception. Yeah. If you're buying I mean, things on iTunes, you're never going to own those gotcha. properly. That's just as simple as that. You get what you deserve. Right. <laughs> uh, but one thing I do like about this Comixology Unlimited that I that really is hitting home for me is allowing me to try. It's a great way of trying out these books that you're not sure because even when you buy that first collection you're paying at least ten dollars for the collection that's true uh, up to 20 and for the first six issues this one i've read through quite a few some of which i've <coughs> wanted to read and then i'm like once i started reading i'm like oh i'm glad i didn't buy this this isn't really hitting for me so and then other ones that uh like i the other night i read the fanographics history of hip-hop an incredible yeah. comic book co- compilation. So I'm going to go out and buy that physically. When That's I what I was wondering. So this is going to just basically it's ensure that you go out and buy more physical books. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's, it's, telling, it's showing me what I want to own. Okay. Versus, mm, am I going to like it? Am I not? It's a great trial. All right. That was kind of like your same reason for having Gamefly's, that you could try it, and yeah. if you, you like it, you were able to keep it, and then if you hated uh, yeah, it, I've been a it's like fly subscriber for ages. Absolutely, it's relatively inexpensive, right? It's like six bucks. Six bucks a month. Yeah, okay. and you get a seven days free trial if you do the app. But if you go online, I think you get a thirty day free trial. So that's a lot of comics you can read in thirty days for free yeah. without them getting charged. So at least try that. Yeah, that's worthwhile. Comicsology. Comicsology. Okay. An Amazon company. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what isn't an Amazon company uh, anymore? <laughs> They're buying up a lot of stuff. Anything else you did in the three days you want to bring up? I read DC Rebirth number one. Oh, oh that came out. The big DC Reborn issue one. Yeah. yeah. Are you happy? Uh, yeah, actually, it was pretty good. It's very interesting. Uh, you can see. 
you can see already where they're going. Uh, the art makes you think a lot of um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's good. So art. it's like yeah, that's it's, good. It's, it's it's like paralleling that, and um, <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty it. It's funny because the whole Captain America thing has really totally overshadowed what should have been DC's big release note. Oh, okay. Do you think that might have been their plan? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the... I know Todd really doesn't want to get too deep into it, but that that's one of the things that, but, but that irritates just, me about that. We say what we're talking about to the audience. Um, yeah. This week, uh, Captain America, in the end of one of his comics, uh, said Hail Hydra to a... A insider, I guess. A uh, prisoner. A prisoner. And the internet blew up, basically burnt to the ground. The, the writer got sent death threats. And because how, how dare you interfere with what Captain America, how you never would be. This is the th clearly, which, these are not comic book readers. Mm. Because, I mean, yeah, it's ostensibly Steve Rogers, but we know there are infinite multiverses. Sure. We can be almost assured that this is not actually Steve Rogers, and he probably, if he's saying Hail Hydra, he has a plan. And are apparently, all this, yeah, all this is based in something that happened in Falcon. Okay. okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's like many comics, to get the full arc of Marvel, you have to be reading Multiple certain books. groups of mm -hmm. books versus just the one. Right. So if you just read that in Captain America alone, you're going to say, whoa, where'd this come from? But come on, there's a plan. Yeah. So wait, are you telling There's me? There's no way that the editorial board said, yep, just going to start that now without saying, okay, how are you going to get out of it? <laughs> are you telling me Superman is not still dead and that girl is still not crippled? Right. I know. And, if, and if, if your mind is gone off the rails because one of your superheroes might be a bad guy for a little while. I'm going to tell you right now, every superhero has been a bad guy for a little while. Hey, yeah. when I started reading Captain America in the late 80s, he was the worst. Really? He was the worst. Yeah, it was replaced. This, it wasn't Steve Rogers. It was oh, right, right, U.S. Right, right. agent. Yeah, it was a U.S. Ah, agent yeah. as Captain oh, America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was basically the Punisher wearing Captain America's uniform. Yes. Yeah. He was doing some hardcore crazy stuff. Just like I, re I remember an issue. He tied some guy to an oil drum and tossed a match behind his back. Oh, what? Right. Yeah. He just blew a dude up. That was my introduction to Captain America. So if and I were to turn pick around? that book up nowadays, go like, <laughs> yeah. how dare you have Captain America blow a guy up? And no. <laughs> Not my cap. Yeah. All caps. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a joke. Never uh, cap. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so we must understand this is the way comic books go. We have to let these creatives have the artistic license to explore these characters in some difficult, controversial, challenging ways. Otherwise, yes, we never get yeah. the really great books that we do get. Well, and it's only been like the last 20 years or so that we've gotten these amazing adult kind of themed stories so that, that you have these really challenging uh, storylines mm -hmm. where your, your preconceptions of the characters have been completely flipped on their, their heads. So, yeah, I mean... How yeah, dare absolutely. you, Jeff? Gotta let him. Gotta I want to form my opinion after one chat bubble. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay. What I do love That's about what it, I do. though, <laughs> what I do love about it, if those of you who have seen it, it is it's a single panel with Captain America standing there, and it's just a single little thought bubble coming out of his head. Hail Hydra. 
people have done these memes. Yeah, <laughs> where they've, funny. they've basically really taken funny. all these great comic book characters and twisted them. <laughs> Daredevil the standing there like, saying, "I, I could see you the whole time." <laughs> uh, Spider Man saying, "F uh, responsibility." Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my favorite one was Captain Crunch. Really going. Hail Soggies. <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to see that one. I've yet to see that one. That's a classic. That's a good nice. one. Uh, I saw one with John Cena saying, you, you actually can see me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That Batman, pretty good. I shot my parents. Oh, right. yeah, no. that was a good one. <laughs> I didn't shoot the deputy. Now, see, has that been done in DC? I don't think where so. Where Batman actually killed his parents? I don't think so. Wow. Well, I guess DC's got next you just year. Gave an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another reboot. That'd be like another multiverse story. That's yeah. a rebirth. Yeah. All yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? I think we're good. All right. Yeah. Uh, normally, I wouldn't do uh, an email, but we got a great one for this. That works great for this oh, event. Oh wow, that so, looks like a long one too. Well, there's it's a multi-question one. Oh, okay. Boy. All right. So I'll, I'll give you the. First off, this is from Sod Pen. Gentlemen, over the past eight-ish months, my wife and I have gotten both into actually collecting of comic books. For me, it's been a mad dash to go back and recollect properly this time the titles and runs I was interested those years ago in my teens, a.k.a. the 80s. It's only been in this past few months that both my wife and I have been both to our first actual bona fide comic shops. Which leaves us with a few questions. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. I know that Commander K worked in a shop previously. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe at least one other of you mentioned working in a shop as well. That was me. So, short and sweet, please feel free to just spew forth a stream of consciousness in response to the following queries. Okay. One, what is the generally accepted etiquette for those long boxes stored under the belly-high tables of boxes? Does one just sit on the floor right there, pull one out, start thumbing, or should I inquire with the staff about moving the box to a place that isn't in the middle of the aisle and the floor traffic pattern, maybe just not on the floor? Generally, the rules vary so much from store to store that I would say ask somebody at the store. Two is nice, but one is pretty much expected. Then people walk up and say, move! No. I was going to say that sometimes in those comic stores, the space is limited, so you don't really it's have tight. Yeah, room to just sit on the floor and pull the, bo- the long box out. So, and yeah. Honestly, uh, a lot of what's in those boxes is stuff that's already up in the top shelves and already they're, they're yeah, extra. Just ropes. duplicates. Yeah. yeah, it depends. If it's in the back issue bin, then you're going to want to do a lot of digging around, which is where my mind went right when he asked that. But a lot of them do their stock storage right there on the right. floor. Okay. Second question. Because long boxes are impossible to move, so... They are heavy. Yes, yeah. they are. And they fold over. Andy will tell you, he moved a whole... It, uh, side note, I had to move my comic collection, which at that time was about 30 long boxes strong. Ooh. Yeah, it took um, up like your almost your entire dining room for a little yeah, while there, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it, it was in storage, and I had a 10 by 10 unit on the second floor, and I had oh. to get it out because I was closing up the next day. This there is was when an elevator. I, I took over the house, <laughs> and I got my friend Vernon and his truck, and I got Andy to help me. Two of the strongest, most healthiest men I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we, in good shape, round as a shape. <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm getting there. Just we we actually get to the storage unit. We drive up, and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to clear out my stuff. I'll be moving in the last few things. Blah blah blah. They're like, okay, the elevator's broken. Oh, oh no. Geez. So we had to ferry over 30 long boxes, and each one, depending on the comics inside, will weigh about 40 or 50 pounds. 
and you had to ferry them from the unit to the top of the stairs and then down the stairs into the truck and we had to make two trips man i had blocked that part of it out <laughs> and andy and vernon I did, did do it. that wow they manned up and did it they took those stairs while i ferried from the unit to the top of the stairs you owe me a kidney it's yeah. like your very own episode of the big bang theory <laughs> oh there, my god right? that was wow. it was hilarious yeah. it was perfect and people say that show's not accurate <laughs> <laughs> you trusted this guy to go down the stairs with your comic books I know, it's amazing. And he did You're it, fool. too. And Not he didn't spill, spill them all over? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Or spill something on them? No. Well, wow. big, I left my big gulp in the car. Yep. <laughs> Question two. How is value determined for older issues? <laughs> I <know> Randomly. <laughs> I know that supply and demand rules apply. Do you want this book? It's valuable. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's determined. <laughs> A popular title is an issue with big game-changing plot points command higher pri price points, and that uh, grade condition is a huge factor as well. I'm not asking about that. I'm more asking about that one table of misfit books that's always off in that dark corner, shunned, exiled to the hut at the edge of the village. The three to five long boxes of books bearing the sticker, all comics a dollar or twelve for ten dollars. Yep. How do those poor things make it into Jim Bob's bargain basement value bin? <laughs> They've been we, there forever. We buy a long box. We buy. I, I didn't. I was, I was, I was a lackey. But the, stroke the, wallet. The, the store would buy. Uh, <laughs> the store would buy a box of comics from some poor schmuck who came in with their thinking they were going to pay their college off, and it's like. Yeah, we really don't have any need for these. If you want to leave them here, we can, we'll, we'll take the box for you know five or ten bucks. And then we'd sell them for a quarter a piece or a dollar a piece. And sure. And, and here's the thing to think about. The collector's market on comics fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Completely. The only comics that are really worth money are number ones of old issues. You're talking 60s Spider-Man, right. 40s Superman. All right. Some 70s X-Men. Uh, yeah. if, if the really early stuff. Yep. It's all rarity. Or if there was something that specifically happened, like a certain artist, that's their debut, certain writer debut, or a certain character debut. Mm -hmm. Those so what you're saying is I should run out and get this new Captain America because it is... <laughs> no, because uh -huh. everyone else it's is valuable. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they've then, got the variant covers. You got the special collectors covers now. None of those really carry things. Stan Lee did a great job of, of of illustrating it. He said those old comics, which back in the day, like when Superman and all of those, the Golden Age was circulating around, you had numbers in the millions. Mm -hmm. You had a million issue going out. I mean, it was huge. It totally dwarfs what we have today. But then you had World War II, right? And they did a lot of kind of propagandistic recycling things where it's like turn in all of your newsprint so you know we can recycle it for the war effort and turn in your tin pots and all this stuff and actually apparently I, I hadn't even known this but a lot of that was pure propaganda right they took the recycling and they dumped it it was it was just something to get the country motivated and get people moving around but the newsprint and stuff, a lot of that was people's comics. So all of those millions of old comics that are out there went into the dumpster. And that's why a lot of those are so rare to this day. And that's where the value comes in is the rarity. That's yeah. what it's all buy, about. Buy comics because you want to read them. Yeah, um, that's exactly you can't. It. You can't even Absolutely. guess what's going to be worth money. And then there's things like the McFarlane Spider-Man number one, which everyone was buying multiple copies of. Yep. Um, it's worth eight dollars, I believe, right now. But except that it's in a, it came pre-sealed in a yep. bag, which is not acid-free. So anything that's 
in the bag is being eaten away by the bag that it and, came in. Yeah. And anything that's out of the bag is not mint. Yeah, same so, thing mm. happened with like Death of Superman. That that yep, bag I got, was I got uh, a few of those. Yeah, ruining comics that were inside sure. of it. Yeah. that sat there that for too long. That reminds me, I need to take mine out of those bags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. last forever. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. But everything else in between that we just not we just now did not describe, those aren't worth much. Yeah. They're worth whatever you can get for them, mm-hmm. which isn't a heck of a lot. And sometimes those end of those. For example, I bought a year ago at a flea market about 30 Fantastic Fours and Iron Men. This is Iron Men 2 through 10. All right? That's, these is, that means that the only one I'm missing is the very first appearance of Iron Man. And the, these are all from about 1967. And I got the whole shebang of about 30 comics altogether for about $300. So about 10 bucks a comic for yeah. ones that in the 80s would have gone for 80 plus. Wow. Yeah. Did Iron so, Man start out in his own comic? Or was no, he Tales, a, of yeah, Tales of Suspense. Tales of Suspense. That's right. This is okay. what you got to his own. Okay. So, gotcha. So, one last question yes. from Sodpen. What is the etiquette as far as pull lists and things of that nature? One of my local shops tries very hard to give amazing personal customer service, and they try to work with the folks they know are collecting certain titles. Often they'll inquire as to if there's a certain particular issue they're looking for, or if one comes in, they'll hold it for you. How much is too much? I'm thinking two to three specific issues is probably the right answer, but then I second-guess that, consider that the high volume of the books is the high volume of collections. Maybe it's the decent accepted justification for a larger pull request list. I don't want to be the person who asks that everything under the sun is being held for me. And is there an accepted etiquette or guideline for tipping in regards to getting above and beyond service such as this? That sounds that's like a, a question for Paul. Question. Well, let's let's do another <laughs> let's do another quick informal poll. Uh, so, those of you who have pull boxes, hands up, please. Great. Okay, a yeah. couple of okay. you. So, uh, let's go four or more monthly comics that you uh, get in that box. Okay, five or more. Six, seven. I'm gonna push Travis to the limit here. Eight. <laughs> it's about eight. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. At the height of my collecting, I was getting about 10 books a month. Yeah. That's about as far as I've ever gone. I'm down to three. I have two separate pulls in two different comic book places, uh, but uh, just real simplistic stuff. Um, it's tough. Uh, I try and be on top of it as much as I can, but uh, sometimes books get lost in the shuffle. It's not their fault. They're doing the best they can, but they've got hundreds of different pull boxes and things get lost. But I will, don't think I'll ever find an actual copy of Futurama number 50. Mm. Uh, it's just gone. It's, gone. It's, it's in the wind. Uh, but whatever. You know, that's how it goes. Uh, it depends on your relationship with the owner, too. As long as, you're, as long as you're actually buying the stuff that they're pulling for you, people are willing to hold them Well, for it you. depends on whether or not you have a six-month Boat contract as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sometimes those get in the way. When you're out at sea, everybody forgets that you're alive, and uh, your comics, a few of your comics stay. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just tough. As far as tipping, I've never tipped. Never seen no. a tip. No. Uh, I've never seen that. Although my idea of tipping is when I'm up at the desk and I've purchased my pool, if I have a little more 
money that week or whatever, I'll grab a keychain or some other magnet or something that's up there at the front. Some of those impulse pieces that I know I could probably get online a little bit cheaper, but I want to support my local bookshop. And that's occasionally I'll even make a point to go and get trades at the shop. Sure. Yeah. Even though you can get trades a lot cheaper online most of the time. Right. I want to support the brick-and-mortar stores as much as I can. When I was working in a comic shop, we had our uh, polls in filing cabinets. And there was one guy who pretty much had a whole drawer to himself. And I I can still remember the guy's name. Um, (laughs) But he came in and bought... His name was The Collector. (laughs) He'd come in and buy, you know, know, six to ten inches of comics every couple months. And he'd come back and buy another six to ten. You know, he always bought them. I think that's the real etiquette of pull boxes is... Buy what you get set aside. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Yeah, don't don't yeah. be that guy that comes in like, oh, I don't know, no, not this one anymore. No, no, I'll just take this one this time. Yeah, this guy yeah. you yeah. got a stack. Well, I've like been to some books. stores that have like an agreement. You do a signed agreement pledging that you will buy what sure. you actually put in for pulling. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's just polite. So, that's why I don't do a pull list because I'm very fickle. If if an artist changes mid arc or the writer changes or something. I'm just going to so stop. So you just I'm make a point to get there every Wednesday ASAP. Right. He works nights. I, too, don't, so. I don't buy a lot. And, yeah, I can get there on Wednesday to buy stuff. Uh, but Ralph at uh, Alternate Reality Comics on Yay, Maryland Parkway on the corner of uh, Flamingo. Ralph, actually, um, he, will, he will pull one or two things for me, and he gives me the discount anyway. Yes. So, but that's because I'm a regular customer, and I buy a ton of stuff. Yeah, I've been going there almost 17 years, and he – Hits me the discount, even though I only. Yeah, and get he's great. He's a great book. retailer because yep. he totally knows the business and he weighs, he figures you out, and then he pulls stuff for a wide select. It's not like he just knows what superhero to get you. He can go totally beyond that into the indies and uh, pull for that too. So there he's is, great. there's the reason why I want to try and keep going to brick and mortar stores. Right. If you find a person who can sell you a comic book and then go, oh, you'll also like this. How invaluable is that? I mean, and, and Ralph is a key example. He's kind He's of the comic whisperer. Turned me on to so many <laughs> great titles that I never would have explored before. So, absolutely, that's the secret. I'd say yeah. uh, find someone who knows your tastes or can follow you. Store that you're comfortable in and that they're friendly in. Yep. Yep. And yeah, don't sit on the floor. And yeah. also, don't let your box expire on its own. If you yeah. you get to a point that you're not going to buy comics anymore. Cancel your box. Don't let it yeah. sit and pull forever until they have to call mm-hmm. you and say, you're going to pick these up, and you have to tell them no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the real etiquette there. Yeah. Those two things. So thank you, Sodpen, for yeah, writing that letter. in. Those are great, great questions. Letter. All right. And it's nice to have an email that we can use in a family-friendly show. Yes. Right. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> this is the PG era. Indeed. Right, Paul? For now. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth. We still have a little while Ooh. recording. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not. not uh, I brought duct tape. <laughs> in case somebody gets a little overzealous, we, we can shut them down. Okay. And it, right. is, it is nasty, sticky duct tape. Yeah, this is 11-year-old really duct tape. Old, I was yeah. looking at That's gross. You don't want this. Yeah, that's, that's right. Where is body, that? Your body, your mouth. It it's, been is, in, it's been in the back of my truck for That's right, years. Paul. <laughs> Wait a sec. You have duct tape in the back of your <laughs> of truck. Of course he That's does. his murder mm. tape. It'll <laughs> 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 mm. make you think twice about pissing me off, right? <laughs> And that's the first swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't count that as a swear. I think we just went PG. Yeah. All right. Nah. PG 13. Good. 
Uh, okay, you know what? We're also a new show, so we're going to continue our Week in Geek segment. This is Woo. stuff that has happened this last week that is of interest of geeks and nerds everywhere. So this you is mean news in the that we do care about, then. Uh, yes. In, the, in the shortened format, we don't have that other thing. Good. Yes. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Uh, just be aware, if you do look for a podcast... Uh, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher. Uh, we are an explicit podcast normally. Uh, we, we are dialing it back a bit, so yes. I want to make sure that you are aware in case you go searching. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Paul has been known to make up new swears. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like to call us NSFA, not safe for anything. Yeah. <laughs> or anyone. Yeah. But come this September, Netflix will be the destination for all things Disney. Netflix will have exclusive access to Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, and Pixar films. Ooh, wow. wow. The deal highlights that all the films post-September 2016 and beyond will be available on Netflix, same time they come available for first pay run, which means when networks can purchase them after Blu-ray and DVD release. This agreement also blocks stars, HBO, Hulu, Amazon, all other competitors wow. from getting access to films as immediately as Netflix from Holy that point on. Mackerel. That's so Netflix is getting Star Wars, Marvel, and all the Disney canon. Very that's, cool. That's for how long? Nerd news. For as long as like, this lasts. Why not? <laughs> Will they run it for like two weeks and then pull it? <laughs> no. Is that how it's going to Yeah, really? that yeah, contract yeah. lasts? Okay. Yeah, the, the, I'm going to guess this is at least a 6 months contract, but I get, I'm going to bet as long. It's I hope so. It's got to be a multi-year contract. Yeah. Typically, those are about five years. I just want G.I. Joe and Transformers back on there. I'm so <laughs> Did that both get pulled? Yeah. yeah. That's, you just don't. If There's some Transformers series oh, on there, but not the not G1. The good just not G1. Okay. That was amazing nerd news, but somewhere there's a, a legal contract uh, podcast that is using that for its entire show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They're going yeah. deep into it. We're yeah. it. It is good news because I was kind of afraid that, like CBS is doing its own all access now, where the studios would start going, doing their own streaming. And then pretty soon you're going to be shelling seven or eight bucks out for all the studios as well as all the channels and all of It'll that. It'll cost you more to cut cords, basically. Mm, yeah. yeah. So well, this might buy us three years yeah, yeah, before yeah, right. that comes down the pike. Before you have to go to the buffet line of comics mm -hmm. and <laughs> movies. And I don't know if you realize how many streaming services are out there now as far as like individually so paid. Many. If, if you go, if you have an Amazon Prime account, look on your Amazon app to see all the streaming services that you can add onto it for pay. Uh, at least 10 that are just documentaries. Whew. It's nuts. Uh, these are all ones you have not heard of. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get in this game now. Mm -hmm. Except the Michael Moore documentary app. That's free to the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time ever, Xbox One players and PC players will be able to go head-to-head. Psyonix announced that as of Tuesday, crossplay is available on Rocket League between Xbox One and PC Steam. If you're not wishing to integrate or you find yourself getting crushed by your PC slash Xbox brethren, you can always switch off the crossplay option. But yes, they are really starting to press for PC crossover. I know PlayStation 4 is working on it as well. Yes. Uh, wow. That was kind of one of the reasons I bought the PlayStation 4. Main reason was for Street Fighter V, which was already going to have PC integrated play. That was a big part of it. And because Xbox One didn't have that, that was a big reason that they made it. Do they already yes, have that inclusive. integration? Or is I that coming? I don't think so. I don't think it's quite there yet. I don't know. That game's got some problems. This is true. It's coming along, but it's got some problems. It'll be a DLC. Yeah, because I think of, of us, the only real PC gamer head is you, Maple Leaf Man. You're, you're, you're staunch. 
Someone has to represent the master race. You're right. <laughs> we're all <laughs> we're all console noobs. That's PC people, and not you Canada, see right? <laughs> the Same thing. The five hundred dollar upgrade every five months. <laughs> I don't see this working well with uh, first person shooters, though. Just because of how f the latency yeah, aspect. That and just the precision in mouse. I know you can get it with your consoles, like mouse and keyboard options, but it's just not the same. No, definitely it's not the same. Yeah, that was the thing I was wondering about. I don't know enough, but that kind of seemed like you're if you're a console or you're you're on the losing end of that. Yeah. Although I guess but, Overwatch, which is a game that came out not too long ago, is pretty much better played even on PC with a controller. Is my understanding? Because it's potato aim. There's all their potato weapons. Aim. What's, that, what's that mean? All their weapons are like area effect, most of them. There's only like two oh. or three characters that have precision. So you just have to hit the right zip code? Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> right. Andy, it's the game for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spillage old, everywhere. For, for yeah. old guys. <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> I mean, Andy is the king of splash damage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> two ways about As it. Matt can attest. <laughs> yes. I am JJ, yes. king of splash damage. <laughs> There's a local joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends, it is time for a segment that we call Red Light, Green Light. <sighs> for those who are not familiar, sauce. I am going to be a Hollywood pitch man. I have my pitches right here. These pitches are actual shows that are actually happening. Yes. But I've recast these guys as corporate heads of the company. And they have to decide whether they red light or green light this as a good idea to move forward. Again, this is... Go ahead. It is a moot yeah. exercise. Yes. <laughs> these, these shows have been approved and are coming your way. We can't Whether stop you like it. it or not. But we... In it our, makes us feel in better. In our interest of futility, <laughs> in our interest to try and feel better about ourselves, he will say the description and we individually get a vote as to whether or not we would actually like to see this on television even though we know it's happening regardless <laughs> so yes yes we like to pretend we have power you know, some I, of I'd these love to one day go through all the ones that we red lighted over the years that have been canceled I, I, since then oh, so that we're right we better yes see what our yeah, track yeah, record yeah. is i bet we have called it nailed record. it listen <clears throat> on the on the long arc they were all canceled. They're all canceled <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many Ten years, how but many they got it. A season is a question. I was going to say, yeah, the, the, season, the one season or less would be interesting to track. All right, here it is. First pitch. All you right. ready? NBC has picked up the series Midnight Texas. Based on the novels by True Blood creator Charlene Harris, the show is set in a mysterious Texas town full of everything from vampires to witches. Sounds new. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Here's a completely the, original idea. Here's the official synopsis. Okay. Welcome to a place where being normal is really quite strange. From Neil's ardent <laughs> oblong... Wait, 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 wait. What? I'm sorry. Re please repeat, repeat that, that sentence. Yes, Welcome to a place where being normal is really quite strange. So... Can you diagram that, that for him? <laughs> does that mean you are strange? Let me continue. Okay. Maybe, maybe right. I'll fill that in. <laughs> From Niles Arden Oplev... Whom? The visionary director of Mr. Robot. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. And based on the hit book series from author Charlene Harris, True Blood, comes a journey to a remote Texas town where no one is who they seem. Because they're seeming to be normal, but they're really strange. But from vampires to witches to psychics and hitmen. <laughs> hitmen? <What>? Whoa! <laughs> Midnight is a mysterious safe haven for those who are different. 
<laughs> Hitmen are different. <laughs> yes. Hitmen lives matter. <laughs> so, so what they're saying is because everybody in this town is different, they're all normal. Yes. As, oh, as the town and if you're normal, you're it, different. Here we it's go. The, oh, it's the daughter from Monsters, <laughs> Marilyn. <laughs> Marilyn, she, thank she you. was a niece. Yep. As the town members fight off outside pressures from rowdy biker gangs and ever suspicious cops. Oh, red light! <laughs> I'm done already. Is this a crossover done. with uh, with Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and their own dangerous past, they band together and form a strong and unlikely. Family. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right, you got a red light. For nope. <laughs> Paul. I'll give it a green light because I want to see what normal means when you're different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I want to understand this. Honestly, I think True Blood was okay. Sure. My wife is a huge Charlene Harris fan. Uh, the books are, of course, superior to the show but what's new but everything changed from the book to the show too that yeah people characters who lived died characters who died lived all that kind of thing um i'll give it its, i'll give it its day we'll see all right. I, I'll, I'm, I'm of course it's on nbc nbc well yeah I was gonna say, it doesn't give me a lot of <laughs> i mean no hope. it's gonna be awful but <laughs> but if it's done well well i just want i just want to <laughs> see I want to see normal is weird and weird is normal. No. I know it's going to be terrible. But <laughs> it's it's going to be just awful. I'm green lighting it. I know it's a mistake. I, I think there's eight shows like this already that are not hitting the mark. So, no. Red light. Green light because I like to see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> see? There's something yeah. there. Uh, th they had there that Hitman. <laughs> like an Asian 47 or a greenlit. Brett the Hitman heart. So Almost out of spite. This is, green, <laughs> this is greenlit on the train wreck factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can't look away from the act. Oh, your, your jobs are in such trouble, Joe. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's, uh, let's uh, get a little more highbrow here. Okay. okay. Right. Red more highbrow than being weird is normal? <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Atwood. Oh. Oh. Her award-winning dystopian sci-fi novel, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah is heading to Hulu as a new TV series starring Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men, Top of the Lake, in the titular role. The book was previously adapted for the big screen back in 1990, starred Natasha Richardson, Faye Dunaway, Robert Duvall. Also spawned a graphic novel, an opera, ballet, set in the near future, <laughs> in which a totalitarian... There was a Handmaid's Tale ballet? Apparently so. <laughs> so in the not-too-distant future, then, this is happening. Oh, here we go. Uh, set in the near future in which a totalitarian Christian theocracy military, military dictatorship, the Republic of Gilead, has overthrown the U.S. government. The story <laughs> is an exploration of themes of the subjugation of women by, by means of which they finally regain their agency. The 10-episode project, slated to debut 2017, will be based on Atwood's novel. Atwood has also been brought on board as a consulting oh. producer. So is it limited? Is it? It is a stop limited at ten episodes. Or ten they, episode, but <clears throat> with the possibility of moving forward. So they made it the continuing adventures of the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> the continuing adventures of the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Yeah. Green light. I like the movie. The book is great. It touches on things that um, I'm always thinking about and uh, wondering about. So I like it. I All hear. Right. I hear it's a good book. Oh, you. Oh, I'll also green light it because the author is there to kind of nudge it in the right direction. So. That's, that's and she's Canadian. I have not read the book. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I, I have not read the book out of spite. Um, <laughs> but I heard it's a good book. So, yeah. But so I'll go green light it, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll green light it. The, the, usually having the author involved is a pretty good sign for the project. So Good point. I give it a green just for Elizabeth Moss. 
There it is. She's great. <laughs> that is a full green light, gentlemen. Yay. Wow. Hulu we know what we're doing. doing right. Oh, that's on Hulu. That's going to be on Hulu. That's going to be good. And Paul's like, I have that's Hulu. That's a bigger push. It, fe- it makes me f- feel better about a project if it's Hulu, if it's Amazon, if it's Netflix. Right. Because you know there's going to be creative agency given to the actual creators. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Do, do you want a microphone? Do you? You didn't get to just put that anywhere from Paul. Cause, uh, you know, and nobody shout out, that's Andy! why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I'm walking. All right. The razor's edge right here with an open water bottle. So <laughs> oh my word! There's a cap brave man. for Be that careful. bottle, there, Matt. So, red light, green light. Joel Kinnaman <laughs> has been tapped to headline Netflix upcoming sci-fi series Altered Carbon. The ten-part series, based on Richard K. Morgan's 2002 cyberpunk noir sci-fi novel set in the 25th century, when the human mind can be digitized and the soul transferred from one body to the next. Uh, the actor will play Takeshi Kovacs. The character is of Japanese and I'm Eastern. I'm sorry? Takeshi Kovacs. Okay. It's a character of Japanese and Eastern European descent. All right. <laughs> Native of Harlan's world in the novels. Okay. A former elite interstellar warrior <laughs> known as an envoy who's been in prison for 500 years. Downloaded uh. into a future he tried to stop. <gasps> He must solve a single murder when technology has made death pretty much obsolete in order to have a chance at a new life on Earth. Altered Carbon. Huh. Minority mm-hmm. Report. Netflix, 10 episodes. I'm confused, so green light. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, that's yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot going on. You kind of lost yeah. me at Envoy. It sounds cool, so. Was it Takeda Kleenex? What's his name? Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, your mockery of Eastern European names offends me. (laughs) What's his name? Kobayashi Maru? What's his name? Dakota Kota. Takeshi Kovacs. Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. Fanning. Dakota Fanning. Yeah, I'll take him. Sure. Let's see. (laughs) It sounds like Ghost in the Shell with a guy. Oh, interesting, yeah. No, not interesting. (laughs) It's Ghost in the Shell replaced with it. No. Oh, are you changing your mind? It's, no, I'm greenlighting it because I want to see. I want to see that. You want to greenlight it so that you can hate it. Is it, that what you're saying? <laughs> well, no. He just wants the full trifecta. He's okay. got the original Ghost of the Shell. Then there's the Ghost uh, in the Shell with white people. That's going to be a movie. Right. And right. now we got Ghost in the Shell with a guy. Which so, I'm not. You know. Yeah, it's fine. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be a dumpster fire. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. Greenlight. Sure. Right. Why not? Yeah. It sounds like Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, yes, except you know, except go, with go, talk about no the, show. Talk about the, mo- the book, not the uh, movie. The what? <laughs> talk about the book, not the movie. The oh, book okay. is good. Short story. Short story. You're right. Yeah. Jeff. No, I'll get a green light. Neuromancer. Yeah. Why not? Another full one. All right, one more. All right. Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane is set to create, executive produce, and star in his first ever live action TV show, a futuristic sci-fi dramedy series. Okay. Fox has greenlit a 13-episode straight-to-series hour-long comedic drama. The series is slated for 2017-2018 television season with plans to film a pilot in 2016. Here's the concept. Set 300 years in the future, the show follows the adventures of the Orville, a not-so-top-of-the-line exploratory ship in Earth's interstellar fleet. Facing cosmic challenges from without and within, the motley crew of space explorers will boldly go where no comedic drama has gone So before. I'm going to stop you there. Firefly? 
Uh, no, more like um, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> or hyperspace. Or hyperspace. Yeah. Mm. Fine. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's not like we can say no to Seth MacFarlane anyway. Right. That's How's he going to work in Vegas-style singing into this? He'll find a way. Yeah, yeah okay. he will. Uh, the holodeck is exactly how he'll do yeah, it. Yeah, really, oh, right, he's yeah. going to bring back in the character from uh, from Star Trek, Star Trek. What was that? The uh, Joey Fontaine or whatever? Yep. Yeah, okay. Vic Fontaine? Vic Fontaine, that's DS9? it. That's okay. Vic Fontaine. We're such nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. I'm Greenlight. Uh, Seth's a fan. It actually does sound like a rather prosaic uh, concept, but, you know. Anything sci-fi, go. Agreed. The only thing I would question on that is that it's an hour-long format. Think so it's too long? I think it might be a little too long for what he's wanting well, to accomplish. With but commercial breaks, it. it'll yeah. be 36 minutes. Who so saw, we right? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Who saw Ted? It's like 42 minutes. Yeah, Who, I, I like Ted a lot, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll green light it. I didn't, yeah, I'm sure. That's yeah. yeah, I'll give it a green light, too. Okay. Although, it being dramedy, I think that's what's yeah. linked to the hour. If it that's, was a sitcom, yeah. I'd be worried for the hour format. Right. Right, it's a dramedy. There's there'll be some drama. That'll that'll stretch that'll stretch it to the well, hour. I mean, he's a huge. Does that sci-fi mean there's a camel fan. involved? Is it dramedy? <laughs> no, I have a dramedy. Dramedary. Dramedary. No, yeah, that's yeah. what you take before you go into hyperspace, so you don't get nauseous. You oh, take yeah. dramedy. And I have a dramedy. Oh, oh. I yeah, get I, the space heaves so bad. <laughs> you guys, space heaves. If I don't get some we dramedy, have an title? and you jump, if you jump to warp, I'm gonna space heaves everywhere. That, that was a Bill Reed's problem, right? Yeah, well, it yeah, was yeah, definitely yeah. his problem. Yeah. I mean, that and oxygen deprivation. <laughs> McFarlane even came into the experience too, and and apparently nailed like the uh, the behind the scenes <laughs> trivia. So I mean, he's, hey he's a huge hey sci-fi Andy, fan. Hey, Andy, hey, what you do? PG show, PG show. <laughs> we nailed, and he went to. I'm 12 years old. Uh, <laughs> this guy. Perpetually. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Andy, Andy, screw. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We even have a sign over here that says no cussing, just to remind us. (laughs) (laughs) And children. (laughs) All right, that's it for Red Light, Green Light. There'll be more on the show. What a great slate. They're always. It's going to be a great season coming up, folks. So we actually said those were all good Everything was greenlit. Wow. The first, uh, the Midnight Texas was the only one that got the maybes. Wow. Usually there's some Uh, that are really awful in that group. I was outvoted three to two on that one. (laughs) That's right. You were. That's a constant theme, though, you being outvoted. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) much, yeah. You know. Well, that's where I go. You know, opposite color of Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, when I greenlit things, why didn't you red light them? Uh, I'm colorblind. Snap. Oh, okay. <laughs> Robert Kirkman and his producing partner, David Alpert, are developing a documentary series called Heroes and Villains, The History of Comic Books for AMC. The six one-hour episodes will explore the key creators, stories, events, and books that have, quote, transformed the world of comic books, unquote. In addition to delving into the origins of some of the medium's most popular characters, the show will also provide context for their creation, explore the role of race, politics, gender, sexuality, and pop culture trends in shaping and or responding to the art form. So AMC Hmm. is really kicking up their geek stuff. Yeah. That sounds great. Comic book men... Yes, That's, I'm sure it's going to air on the same night. Mm-hmm. Probably, that means yeah. they're going to be Walking Dead, Comic Book Men, and this comic book documentary. So, is yeah. there going to be like a talking comic books? <laughs> after, after <laughs> posted by, yeah. posted by Chris Hardwick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking comics. Green light. 
<laughs> you know what? We're done with that question. We're going. You know what? No. Normally, no? I only do red light, green light for TV shows. Oh. Oh. This one, I'm curious as where you go. So I'm re-engaging red light, green light for all this right. next one. Oh, okay. okay. Engage. All right, all right. Put on your corporate one. hats. All right. All right. Bonus. Okay. <laughs> this is for a film, not yes. a TV show. Okay. That is happening. That is happening. <laughs> that we cannot stop. The 1996 film The Craft... <laughs> Was the go-to movie for goth. <laughs> we talked about a new installment you in the works. You got my Feruza ball all perked up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like the studio might not be going the reboot route. What's happening? Producer Douglas Wick told Entertainment Weekly. They're doing a sequel. The new film picks up 20 years after the original film. Feruza Balk! <laughs> <laughs> so it seems this will be set within the same continuity as the original film. And yes. apparently features some callbacks to the events in those Films. Like Feruza Balk. <laughs> <laughs> she needs the work, and we need to see her. We need Feruza Balk. Oh, definitely. man. Definitely. That means she's the ultimate. Yes. The ultimate goth she was incarnation. My, she was my full 90s crush. Right? Yes. Absolutely. And then the water boy came out, and your head <laughs> yep. exploded. That was it. <laughs> like, what's happening? What happened, Feruza Balk? Right? <laughs> Nobody cares. And Doctor. then American History X, and I went, <gasps> yeah, yeah, right, yikes. Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, oh yeah. She that wasn't her fault. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But, and, and the, the, that documentary. We talked about before. Yeah, that is. And she's uh, in there. What's it called again? Oh, my God. I can't even remember. The Strange remember. Journey of. Yeah, right, right, right. Lost Souls. Lost Souls. Lost Souls. Strange Journey of Lost Souls. We've talked about it before on the show. If you guys have not seen the documentary Lost Souls, all about the creation of the movie The Island of Dr. Moreau with Val Kilmer and. Uh, <laughs> Marlon Brando. Oh, oh man. It's wow. wow. Talk about a nightmare. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You can't make this stuff up. Watch yeah, that, it. That's a more interesting film than the actual film. Yeah. By, yeah. by a yeah. long, Skip long, the actual film and just watch the documentary. It's a train wreck as if the whole train was a series of dumpster fires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, right. it's a hell of a documentary. Right. <laughs> Terrible. And Feruza Balk's in funny. Yep. She's great. Yeah. She is funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. And still, apparently, this amazing. is Greenland oh, yeah. because nobody's going to get in the way in, of Paul's Perusa Balk over there. Oh, I mean, Greenlight. Yeah, yeah, Greenlight. All right. So uh, now I want to ask you this question, though. I don't have any proof that right. she's involved. If she is not able to be in this movie, letter writing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Feruza. Yeah. Do you still bulk up? Bulk up. Still green light. Bulk up. Bulk up. That's it. Hashtag bulk up. Nicely done. You hear it here first. Bulk up. Let's get that going, Twitter. Bulk up. Heads up, craft people. You're gonna get. If we can't get Feruza, do you still green light it? Yeah. No. No. It's all on. She'll be in it though. Probably. She'll at least have a Stan Lee cameo. Oh, Paul, you're such an optimist. Today, I was gonna say today <laughs> for this <is>. hour, <laughs> kids are present. Of course, I am. Yeah. <laughs> she will be. Like ten. There are a few things that I trust in this it. world, but one is that Feruza Balk will find her way into the <laughs> sequel, <laughs> the sequel of the craft. Because <laughs> what else? What, what else stands out? What yeah. else stands out for you in the when right. you think about no. the craft? Yeah. No. No. You're right. Yeah. That other actress. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Ouch. Crowdfunding success story Con Man is heading to Comic Con HQ. Here's another one. 
the subscription steaming, streaming service. <laughs> I think I said that right. Actually. Yeah. The streaming service? Yeah. The subscription it's streaming video service. Steaming <laughs> it is in the steaming, steaming pile of what now? From Comic-Con International fire. and Lionsgate Partnership. <laughs> now, season one of Con Man uh, prepared, uh, premiered September 2015 on Vimeo. Yeah and is of particular noteworthiness for its crowdfunding records that it broke in April 2015, earning more than $3 million after a month on Indiegogo beyond its target of Mm $425,000. It's created by Alan Tudyuk, Nathan Fillion, author PJ Horazma. Con Man centers on actor Ray Narrowly, whose sci-fi show Spectrum was canceled before its time, but has since gained a cult following. Meanwhile, his co-star, Jack Moore, has gone on the A-list actor ranks as Nerly tries to get a big break, but must appear at cons and comic book shops to make a buck. The second se- season of the series focuses on Ray's attempt to propel himself from B-movie sci-fi actor to esteemed mainstream leading man while maintaining the respect of his Spectrum fans, former co-stars, and Jack in the process. Fillion is set to reprise the role with several other familiar faces to be announced. While the second season of Con Man will premiere late 2016, Comic-Con HQ announced season one will be available on, for video on demand on that same platform. So this is Comic-Con International's own streaming service that has a... Jeez. a Comic-Con pay. streaming yeah. service. So if you hey, want everybody's to... Everybody's got it's, one. It's, it's what you're seeing here, basically, yeah. paid for streaming. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that is all the all the. So they're gonna have the panels. All the panels are gonna be streamed. I don't know if all of them, but they will have streaming panels. So you won't yeah. be able to just find the stuff online anymore. Probably garb. <laughs> oh well. That's what I mean. Like, why? What's to stop you from going to YouTube and just finding all the, pa- the panels uh, you trust want? Trust me, pe- like yeah, people are still going the little to do bags it. that they make you put your cell phones. In. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Good for them. It's the Nathan Fillion story. Nathan. Yeah. It really is. It's the Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyuk. Has, has anybody story. seen this yet? Because I really no, want to watch it. because it is on a streaming on-demand yeah. service that you have to pay for. Yeah. A steaming yeah. on-demand service that no one has. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Foxx is in negotiations to star in the Jim Henson Company's upcoming film, The Happy Time Murders. The movie is described as a raucous R-rated comedy that will combine live-action characters and puppets. The project is set to be directed by Brian Henson, and the story follows puppet stars of an iconic TV show, The Happy Time Gang, who are some of the biggest celebrities around, but off-camera, the family-friendly cast leads the kind of lives that would make a tabloid writer blush. It is, that is Meet the Feebles. It's Meet the Feebles <laughs> remade. Well, uh, what the was the show, right? Seth not Green as one? dark. <laughs> the, the not bunny, as dark. The bunny one with that. Greg the, the Bunny. Seth, Greg the Bunny, thank Greg you. Greg the Bunny. Which was Meet the Feebles. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is Avenue Q. Uh, yeah. now, at, which when, was Meet the Feebles. Yeah. <laughs> when the Happy Time gang stars begin to, mysteri- begin to be mysteriously murdered, two mismatched detectives must put aside their differences to stop the killings and catch the culprit, all the while trying to resist the temptation to murder each other. So this, it's, a who's, it's a who's Roger Rabbit. It's, it's Meet the Feebles. It's Meet the Feebles. It's Meet the Feebles. Live action. Actually, that's almost exactly the plot of Meet the Feebles. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit. If you live haven't action. seen Meet the Feebles, have you guys seen it? It's, it's old, but it's amazing. It's uh, Lord of the Rings. What's his name? Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Jackson. It's one of Peter Jackson's first films. It's incredible. It's all puppets. And they, the, when you said tabloid, 
There's a tabloid puppet that's actually a fly, a gross little fly that goes around and, and snaps candid pictures of people. He's the, the literal fly on the wall that, that gets all the inside gossip on these puppets that live, living these, these crazy lives. You must seek it out. Uh, meet the feebles. Not easy to find. It's really no, difficult it's, to no, find. No, it's easy to find. It's easy. Go on Amazon. It's like 18 bucks. Oh, seriously? Yes. Grab it. You won't be disappointed. It's gross. Haven't done a search in a while. <laughs> it's really gross. <laughs> like all of his old but stuff. But it's <laughs> hilarious. It's hilarious. Check out Meet the Feebles. So good. If you like Avenue Q and that kind of thing. Yeah. Dirty Puppets. If you like Dirty Puppets, that's where you want. It's, never, <laughs> it's the best Dirty Puppet thing ever. A Charlie and the Chocolate Factory musical is headed to Broadway. The musical already had success in London with director Sam Mendes, uh, and now Americans will have the opportunity to see it as well. The play is being produced by Warner Brothers. Uh, Theater Ventures will start in the spring of 2017 based on Roald Dahl's best-selling novel, also draws inspiration from the classic 1977 movie. This version will be directed by three-time Tony Award winner Jack O'Brien, who was behind Hairspray, also did a great version of Henry IV. So, Charlie so, the Factory to a music. So, more music. Gene Wilder than creepy Michael Jackson? I'm hoping so. Yeah, okay. All I'm right. hoping so. I'm behind that. The entire 175-issue archive of If Magazine has been released online, encompassing the entire 1952 to 1974 run of the sci-fi publication. Mm. The magazine's glory years came around the late 60s uh, when IF won Hugo Awards for its best professional magazine from 66 to 68 under the leadership of editor Frederick Pohl. Highlights over the years include Robert A. Heinlein's novel, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, Harlan Ellison's short story, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, and Larry Niven's short story, The Coldest Place. The magazine was well-regarded back in the day, but stayed small enough to mostly retain its cult status, at least until it was merged with Galaxy in the mid-1970s. The magazines are available for free at the Internet Archive, which I believe is archive.org, if my memory serves. Um, if you have not checked out the Internet Archive, they are amazing. If yeah, it's really cool. All those old magazines you grew up with that are no longer there, Starlog is there. Yep. Omni is there. Uh, I think there's old uh, National Lampoons available on there's there. There's a lot of old video game magazines on yeah, there. Yeah. Especially old computer PC magazines. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Antic. I think EGM is all there. Yes. So and they As have library people, you will be intrigued. If you have not checked out the video or the uh, Internet Archive, Certainly. almost any old magazine that you can fathom. And yeah. books, audio tapes, uh, audio... Audio books are yeah. available there. It's and this great. Is all for free. Yeah, stuff it's, that's, uh, I guess, public domain at this point. Yes, it's all to pretty much keep these things archived for posterity. So, And it's available to us all. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. so check it out. Nice. And cool. speaking of checking it out, if you ever want to email us, you can email us comments at uglycowshow.com. We'll answer your questions like we did at the beginning of the show. We love that stuff. And, of course, your, any comments are free and welcome. <laughs> and I'm also going to throw out one more time out there that we are giving away a copy of uh, Dan Jolly's book, Autographs, called Gray Widow's Walk. If you email comments at uglycouchshow.com and in the, in the comment at the subject head, Gray Widow's Walk, I will be drawing randomly from those that have already submitted, which has been quite a few, but feel free to join in. And I will be announcing who wins that book. Again, it is an autographed copy. It is a superhero book with horror elements. 
When's that drawing? That drawing, I'm going to do that Tuesday, so we'll announce the show uh, when our next episode goes Wednesday. Are you going to do right. it on the air? You should do it on the air. I, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say yeah, okay. who it is on, on the air. No, no, you should draw it on the air. <laughs> draw on there? Yeah, so you can mangle the, mangle the name. That's exactly why I shouldn't do it. <laughs> and until next week, well, Wednesday, I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. See, I'll let you do it that time. Nice to see you. I know. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next week in Gig. We'll see you next time when my chair's gone. Thank you, Thank you guys so oh, much. It means so much that you all turned out. We really appreciate it.